It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Coming to you from the beautiful Loop Studios of Radio to Fall Sports in downtown Chicago, Illinois. My name is Mike Fleischman. I am joined, as I usually am, by Matt Malamsatter. Hey. And we are recording this on day number one of OTAs. I can't believe it. There's OTAs stand for Off Track... No, organized <laughs> off-track automobiles. Yeah. It's it's when you like drive a car off the track <laughs> or a truck off. Otter the road. Teleportation Association. Yeah, that's it. Organized team activities are happening. All the Packers have come together. They're stretching out. They're walking through dills. It, deal, drills. They're not walking through dills. Um, it, so many pickles. It's a media event. <laughs> essentially, yeah, is yeah. what it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, media gets assembled, gets to see all their, their favorite Packers back. People take a lot of pictures. Um, blog posts are written about new hairstyles. Can't believe it. Devontae Adams is not practicing. Nope. He's it's, not. Not, it's not every Packer. There's a few Packers that are not there, um, which we will get into, of course. It's mm-hmm. gossip gossip zone. I don't know. I've, I, I have not heard a reason why Devontae Adams, at least, isn't there. Uh, per- Cautionary reasons. Ah, precautionary, okay. Um, Matt LaFleur said, like, we're pretty happy with where Devontae's at. We okay. don't really need to yeah. worry about him. This yeah. is more of an opportunity to get uh, EQ and MBS sure. and Geronimo back at, up to speed and everything. Um, but a few people not there. Josh Jones uh, is in Florida. He wants out. Yeah, that came Green out Bay. this morning. Josh Jones, with the recent additions of Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, of course, Josh Jones no longer the heir apparent to anything in Green Bay except yeah. for maybe a third string spot at both safety and linebacker. Mm-hmm. And a little bit dime linebacker yeah, wa- wants a Wants to trade out. It's a tenuous spot for the Packers in that I'm sure they'd prefer to have a guy who would be happy trying to compete against a literal rookie who's done nothing in the NFL yep. and a veteran free agent who doesn't know the system. Yeah. I'm sure the Packers would prefer Josh Jones having the attitude of like, well, I've been here. Let me, I know yeah, the system. Let me see what I can do on these fools here. Yeah. Nah. No. Nah, he'd rather n- not show up and, and force a trade. Uh, he doesn't really have any trade value to speak of. Nope. It's an oversaturated safety market. Um, he has almost no experience in the NFL, uh, almost no starting experience. He was a healthy scratch for the three first first three games of the year last year and Kentrell Bryce started over him. Um, you know, he's, he's shown very limited flashes in the NFL and uh, there's so many starting caliber safeties on the market already. Such as Kentrell Bryce. Such as Kentrell Bryce, uh, the, <laughs> our infinite Lord and Savior. Ah, Kentrell. Um, so it's a tough thing for Josh Jones in that you look at the Packers thinking like a conditional sixth pick at best, yeah, uh, this yeah. Team got at a, best, this at got best. team got a fourth for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yeah, this you're, so that's where the safety market's at. Is is a former All Pro starting quality maybe safety gets you a fourth rounder? I you know I don't think Josh Jones can even be traded. I think at best it's a conditional seventh rounder, where the condition is if he plays you get something. If he does not play, you get nothing. Yeah, I don't really see a situation where there, I. Outside of like we were thinking the Buccaneers, who their their secondary is probably the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, it's last a joke. year. Outside of teams like that that 
are going to lose a lot this year. Mm-hmm. There's not really a place where Josh Jones is a guaranteed roster spot, let alone a guaranteed see the field. No. There, there's no spot at all for him. Yeah. So an interesting move, Josh Jones was the was a member of the last Ted Thompson draft. Fits kind of Gutkunst is Gutkunst's yeah. like build in terms of being a super athlete who maybe hasn't shown it all on the field, but uh, nothing special. Yeah, I was certainly hoping that he would be be one of those guys, like kind of the first off the bench guy mm-hmm. when it comes to position substitutions and package substitutions close to the close to the line of scrimmage yeah. kind of hybrid linebacker safety combo guy. I think there's a position for him. Yeah, absolutely. There, but oh well. Yeah, I oh well, I guess. You know, I I remember when he was drafted, um he was kind of described as like a, a big dime linebacker, like a a a kind of a interior linebacker who's flying all around and in coverage a little bit. Um, somebody who's not necessarily on that deep back end is the safety playing like that free safety role. Um, and we saw some flashes during his rookie year where he was pretty good in that situation. But uh, since Petten came in, just hasn't really panned out. Um, I don't know if there's a, if we want to get all gossipy and uh, everyone's favorite situation thing, you know, like maybe there's something between Petten and Josh Jones, but uh I think it's probably more of an effort thing, an attitude. Yeah, young young player like showing up, showing up to the to the workouts. That's always where tabloid headlines start. You know, yeah. Event number one that the NFL does every year is guaranteed to give you tabloid headlines yep. for all thirty-two of your favorite NFL teams. Yep. That's the way they build it. Yeah. So Josh Jones is the current tabloid headline thing coming out of Green Bay. Kevin King's on the field though. Good. He. Uh, he was not at the last last thing, which must have been a, a disorganized team activity, a yeah, DTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was out for that, but back on the field today. Early reports coming out is that the offensive line, first team offensive line, is Bakhtiari, Taylor, Lindsley, Billy Turner, and Brian Belaga, with yep. Elton Jenkins being the one getting the most looks mm-hmm. as the... Uh, as kind of a, a substitution on the interior line. So yeah. that's also very interesting. Seems that seems that Balaga is at least going to make a real go of it this year. And I hope so. We, you know, when he's healthy, he's still yeah. pretty good. Uh, it's just a thing of, you know, can he stay healthy for a full season, um, which is difficult. Also back in the fold this year was a, an undrafted free agent from last year, Tim Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to me, signals a full-on quarterback number two competition is starting. Yeah, with uh, with Boyle back for his second year and Deshaun Kaiser <laughs> underwhelming in his time last year. I still see him as a project. Yeah, but with uh, with Boyle getting a second look, I thought Boyle in preseason looked pretty exciting as far as what he's able to do just with his arm. Yeah, he's got a huge arm. Mm-hmm. Kaiser in regular season play just never looked settled. Yeah, never looked like he was, you know, in a rhythm. But what I always come back to with Deshaun Kaiser is he's, he's only 23 yep. years old. Um, yeah. I think that's, and I always think that's worth a flyer. Is, is a, The guy was a borderline first round, second round talent um, who's only 23 years old. There's a lot of, of room to grow there. Yeah, Packers heads are going to like this quarterback competition. Yeah. I like it already yeah. because you've got, 
a, a nobody from nowhere in Tim Boyle versus Deshaun Kaiser, who played at a very high-profile university in a very high-profile situation, and then joined a team that... Here's the thing with the Cleveland Browns, is that despite being bad, they yeah. have a very high profile because of how bad they yeah. are. Specifically because uh-huh. of how terrible they are. You know, Deshaun Kaiser starting for them two years ago was essentially like, look at how bad the Browns are, and they're starting this... like. There's this very, very young child. They're starting the guy who's coming into the NFL whose one scouting Uh critique was has very little experience, needs to sit for a few years. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun, actually. Threw him to the fire. Uh, The Cleveland Browns, I wanted to to ask you, like, what you think of their retool. Yeah. Uh, What is their... Are they going to win more than four games this year? Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield... A whole lot of draft picks on the defensive side. Things theoretically have come together a little bit for that team. Yeah, I you know I really like the Browns this year. I I think that they might win their division. Okay, I yeah. like it. No big kind of a, a he- it's you know those words have never come a out of my slow mouth. Slow prediction. Before. Those words have never come out of my mouth before, and it was kind of like I had to form them for the first <laughs> time. Um, but yeah, no, I think the Browns might win the division. This year, okay, it's you know it's a depleted AFC North. Um, Steelers have lost a lot of guys. Steelers are not very good to begin with. As long as Ben Roethlisberger is your quarterback, at this point in time, I'm going to have questions about you as a team. Um, so I, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any other challenge. They have they have internal turmoil. Yeah, is what oh the Steelers have. Yeah, Tomlin has to be on the hot seat at this point. Yep, and Roethlisberger is got to go. He's at the verge of being benched. Yeah. And the very old guard ownership of the Steelers. Yeah. I think are I think we have a bit of a power struggle right now in that I don't think Tomlin wants to play Roethlisberger. <laughs> but I mean, who do you go to? Mason Rudolph? Yeah. That's all you got. Yeah. Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. There's a there's a quarterback name. Yeah, I'm that's just gonna a enjoy good quarterback name. Easton Stick was my favorite quarterback name from this draft. Easton Stick? I'm yeah. not aware of him. North Dakota State guy. I think he got drafted in like the sixth round. All right. Yeah. Easton Stick. Easton Stick. Did you see the, uh, this this went around Twitter. Sure. Did you see the names of the, the top lacrosse player, the top college lacrosse no. players? No. Okay, we're oh, going to Google no. that. Oh, no. Oh, God. This is going to be... Can I? <sighs> the list of top college lacrosse players. This got yeah. I this think got I, I, uh, good good play on Twitter. I feel like I probably have heard every one of these names before, just because like they're they got to be so rich and white, right? If they're like lacrosse, they they were they were very good. I'm trying to find it. All right then, the men's all name team. This was put together. All right. Uh, top-tier lacrosse players' names. Uh, and the first team at the A position, which I'm assuming is attacker, Shackelford Stanwick, <laughs> a senior at Johns Hopkins Univer- University. <laughs> Joining him at attacker position, Quinn Commandant, a oh freshman who goes to RIT. And the third attacker is Declan Smartwood, okay. a junior at St. John's. In the middle... Ivy Stucker, a senior at Roanoke, is joined by Holden Rosengrupp, 
a tough <laughs> senior, and Dar Sleeper, a freshman at Michigan. And uh, look out in the backfield, you've got Taggart Eimer, a freshman from Bryant, Dallas Creamer, a junior who goes to Stevens, and Colby Hamway, a junior who goes to Assumption. Oh, man. Colby Hamway, ladies and gentlemen. I think my favorite was 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 Stuckworth Shackle <laughs> Shackleford Stanwick. <laughs> Shackleford Stanwick. Did I mention Sky Dupree? I think no. I might have left out Sky left Dupree. Left out Sky Dupree. Oh, That's a good shit. One. Uh, <laughs> Wheaton Jackaboyce. <laughs> Tanner Elwood. How do you Corson, spell that last one? J A C K O B O I C E. Okay. Okay. Reigns Schamberger. Whoa. Con Curry. <laughs> Caden Keitlinger. Why do they have so many great names? So many just absurd names. There's no way you can do that with, like, football and come out with as quality of... Do you have a favorite NFL name? TJ Hushmanzad is a longtime favorite. Okay. That's that's a very good one. Um, Geronimo Allison, definitely up there for current players. Yeah. Ebenezer Ekubon. That's been my favorite for a long time. <laughs> a double E. Like a man a man in the 2010s named Ebenezer. <laughs> it's like, always it's a good got pick. every it's got everything you always need. Always a good pick. That's all we got from OTAs. Josh yeah. Jones wants out. Kevin King is there. Kevin King did not was not a first team starter. Tremont nope. Williams was the first team at cornerback. Um, Savage was first team at safety. Amos was first team at safety. The Smiths were first team on the outside uh, with Martinez and Burks on the inside. Um, and I think it was was Daniels Lowry, Adams or Lancaster. Yeah, I heard I heard that Daniels was attending but not participating. Okay, I'm trying to find that roster. OTAs. But, yeah, that's it. That's all that really matters. OTA stands for one teaspoon of arsenic. Really? No. Okay. <laughs> it stands for organized team activities. Basically. We're experts. One spoonful of yeah, arsenic. One, one teaspoon of arsenic. OTAs are fun. Uh, the Chicago Bears released a list of their top 100 franchise players of all time. Okay. Where's Kyle Orton? Uh, he's not on the list. That's a lie. He's in, in a tree somewhere. Is Jay Cutler on that list? He is. Of course he is. Now, Jay Cutler, statistically and by length of tenure, one of the best, if not the best quarterback that the Chicago Bears franchise has ever had. Yeah, I know. That's... <laughs> Where would you put him on their top 100 all-time players? Keeping in mind the list was written by, like... Bears, partisans, and also like you know, people who are maybe not too smart. Uh, I bet they have them top 30. No. Low 90s. 85. Whoa. Yeah, Jay Cutler. Best quarterback in franchise history. Jay Cutler, 85. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think he's good. But he's the best they've ever had. I think that anytime I hear anyone in the Chicago area who's like super down on Jay Cutler, I'm just gonna like slowly start lifting up a picture of Mark Trestman. Yeah. 
until it's just in front of my face. Before Jay, it was who was the best quarterback in Bears history before Jay Cutler? Sid Luckman? Sure. You were not alive. No. <laughs> I, was, I don't think I was alive when Sid Luckman was, was doing things for the Chicago Bears. I mean, Jim, you can't say Jim McMahon. No. That's there a, wasn't there wasn't one. That's the it was it was a, a a fake question. There has been no good quarterback, no better quarterback ever. The best quarterback in Bears history has been and always will be Jay Cutler. It has been since the nineteen twenties and it will be forevermore. Sid Luckman uh, was born in nineteen sixteen and died in nineteen ninety eight. It's a long life. Congratulations, yeah. Sid, Sid Luckman. I hope you're doing well up in Sid Luckman land. He was a four-time NFL champion in 1940, 1941, 1943, and 1946. Good for him. A three-time All-Star. So, yeah, certainly certainly, football is a, is a sport where you can easily compare eras. Yeah. Yeah, between you know, modern times and, and World War Two. Yeah, the 40s. Yeah. Uh, people thought, to quote Kamel Nanjiani, when people thought cigarettes were good for you. Oh, my God. And Remember, they used, they used to have non-smoking sections on the plane. Yeah. Like, it made a difference. You could smoke on a plane when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the non-smoking push is... I know. it's it's. I remember non-smoking sections. It's, like, like, relatively recent. Like, 2008, maybe? Yeah. Earlier than that? Like, you used to be able to smoke in restaurants. I mean, you couldn't go into a bar. Like, there was no non-smoking yeah. bars. Just, oh. Like every bar was for smoking. Wow, that's why it was so easy to smoke, and why it was now so comparatively easy to quit. Yeah, like I did recently, because no one smokes, yeah. and there's nowhere to do it. Yeah, <laughs> like well, you can go stand out in the rain next to this trash can. <laughs> Not fun. Or you could stay inside where it's warm and drink a beer. Yeah. And if you if the urge to kill rises to a point where like you feel tension, you can hit your vape and then be good again. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, non-smoking is a recent thing. I'm glad it's a recent. I'm glad it's a thing. Though. Yeah, I'm into it. I remember. I I do remember like going to bars when I was a kid. I remember going to like brunch at Perkins, and Perkins had a non a tiny little yeah. non-smoking section, and the majority of Perkins was smoking. Mm-hmm. And there was no way to get away from it. It was just the whole place always stunk of smoke. Yeah, it used to be cool. I can't think of like anyone around because I just I was just here at college with yeah. with young kids. I can't think of like anyone who was a regular smoker. I met a couple of people who were like sort of like when I get very drunk, I smoke. Yeah, which is. You know, that that will never go away. That'll always exist, yeah. I think. Yeah, totally. Um Yeah. It's, yeah it's I don't of, I don't know very many. I yeah, know a few, but I don't know very many. You know, it, I think just imbibing large quantities of, of beer or or liquor just makes you want to like smoke cigarettes and eat Euros. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it understandably so. <laughs> understandably <laughs> so, I get it. Um uh, what do you think of the Green Bay Packers. I like them. They're good. They're great. They are good. They're so good. 
I wanted to get back to sure, sure, sure. This, we can do that. this top yeah. 100 bears no, list. We can do that. Not only, <laughs> not, not only was uh, not only was how many bears Cutler's on that list do you think were chain smokers like Jay Cutler? <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. That's that, my, like, I think he's Cutler like still to this day. I love the idea that he was like a big smoker. Yeah, he looked like it. He looked so sad. Yeah, he looked so sad. Local, uh, local Chicago uh, sports talker Lawrence Holmes will talk about him in like a real positive way. Yeah, Holmes liked Cutler a lot. Yeah, I mean he didn't have the drive that you know you maybe look for in a franchise quarterback in terms of like not playing through every injury or not. But man, he's the best that the Bears have literally ever had. Ever of all time, he's the best one. Number one hundred on this list is Patrick Manley, the long snapper for the Bears from ninety-eight to thirteen. <laughs> so I think that Cutler at 80, eighty-five and their their long snapper for a decade and a half at one hundred tells you all you need to know. This is a storied franchise. Yeah. Why is the long snapper on the list? He was there for a very long time. Don't care. It's the long snapper. Jay Cutler at 85. Everyone in this city is so mad at Jay Cutler. What? Like, there are just no memes about Mark Trestman. Yeah. uh, Was Jay Cutler really all that was keeping these Bears teams from winning Super Bowls? Like, honestly. Honestly. Was Jay Cutler all that was wrong? No. He was fine. He was just also very bad at the same time of being fine. And there was, he was never going to waver in between them. He was going to be one or the other. Number 81 is Brandon Marshall. Why is he so low? Well, he was only there for three seasons. Okay, so he was there for longer. Alshon Jeffrey ahead of both of them. What? (laughs) And, And that. All right, whatever. whatever. That'll close out the window. That's, I'm done with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm done with that list. That list is made by a dumbo head. Enjoy our freeform content here today. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about something else here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We do have a, a social media presence in, in some small ways right now. Sure. Uh, the Twitter account is Cheesecagoland. I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. He's on Twitter at Setter. I have an Instagram account. We have a Facebook group called Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. The Twitter account and the Facebook group are the best way to know that we've put up new episodes for you to look at. And we are available on every podcast app that matters. If you do not see Cheeseheads in Chicagoland on that podcast app, it does not matter. You're right. These are facts. So we'll be back in just a minute for uh, something here on the second half of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. OTA stands for, we'll be right back, on the airwaves. Airwaves. Luckman, old enough to where he was also the team's punter. 
Which like small high schools it's still rock it that way. Right. Yeah. Like the classic, like you know, line, you know, tw- ten y- ten to ten yards back in the shotgun, take a couple of steps to the right, punt it and as far as yeah. you can. Who did that yeah, a few years punt. ago? I'm not sure who did that in the NFL. <clears throat> Feels like a Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, it, it can be very. It, it's not the worst idea, you know. If you're at, if you're on the opponent's say, forty-five. Yeah. In that forty to forty-nine yard range, and, and you don't want to go for it, you know, if you line up and like don't like what the defense gives you, yeah, like it's just a good option to have. It. Yeah, yeah. Try to aim it towards the sidelines and just, just have it in your back pocket. It's not the worst thing. Like I was reading the other day that Kurt Warner's final play in the NFL was a uh, drop kick, drop kick extra point. Glad, glad that yep. that's how he went out. Yep, glad that that's how he went out. Not Kurt Warner, Doug Flutie. Same reaction. Other, other short guy. Other short white guy yeah. who yeah. looks like he was probably bagging yep. groceries. Belichick before. let him. Yeah, let him do it. Of course he did. Flutie was cool. Yeah. If if you want to go back and like look at a, a quarterback who was cool from another Flutie era, Doug cool. Flutie was pretty. He cool. He was Boston College, right? He was tough as nails. Yeah. A little guy, uh, wild, fearless, big arm. Yeah, fearless. Yeah, fearless player. Uh, yeah, good dude there. Want to recommend, as this is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, and we're back from our break. I have a very hot coffee. Matt has a very cold coffee. It's cold as can be. It's 50 degrees outside. So, so we're in the middle. Yeah, anyone can enjoy any temperature of coffee and not get looks today. I, of course, like the hottest possible coffee on days where it's 85 degrees outside because I have that problem. But uh, rec- the 30 for 30 on Tony Mandrich, who was... Are you even familiar with Tony Mandrich? No. Okay. This was a guy who was the subject of the butt of jokes in my house. Okay. He was a a lineman who in college was very much regarded as the best lineman in college football in the early 80s and also like was just so obviously on anabolic steroids okay. that it wasn't sure. even funny. And his college program essentially just like hid that fact from everyone. But not only was he on anabolic steroids, he also had like a very bad drug problem. Okay. And got drafted by the Packers was a total bust. Mm-hmm. Ended up like washing out of the league, and then ended up washing back into the league after cleaning himself up, and had a, a bit of a low key decent career as a starter on the Colts. Okay, and then retired and now works as a photographer and graphic designer out in Arizona. It's good an, it's a good good little thirty for thirty. I like thirty for thirties occasionally. Yeah, every once in a while they're pretty nice. The uh, the story of the, the story of the Rangers and their their fraud owner <laughs> was super good. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, the one called broke about NFL players and finances, mm-hmm. like anything that talks about like like monetary policy and and capitalist issues like that. I'm I'm all about yeah. it. Put that in my veins, please. We have we have some non football chat time to fill here because cool. we're out of football. I I was gonna ask like just a general NFL question. Do you have do you have a current favorite, like underrated player, a player that you think should be bigger than they are? Like, doesn't matter if it's Packers or someone else. I think Derwin James is legitimately top five best safeties in football. There you go. I don't think there's a single thing Derwin James can't do. I think Derwin James is legitimately a top five safety in football, and I think the Los Angeles Chargers now have perhaps, yeah, I think low key. The best safety unit in football. Uh, Nasser Adderley was who I wanted the Packers to take, mainly because I didn't think Darnell Savage would make it to us at 30. 
Um, we, of course, moved up to take Savage, and Adderley went to the Chargers, I believe, at 29. Um, but I think that duo back there, Derwin James, is, is you know, a prototypical strong safety who can play up at the line but can also do any anything in coverage, can play back and deep. Adderley is a rangy, hard-hitting free safety who can cover a lot of ground. I think that combo is just going to be ridiculous out there. And the Chargers have Casey Hayward, and they have a really nice special cornerback room with Desmond King as well. So I like what the Chargers have done. They've done a, they've made a lot of great moves in in kind of the twilight of Philip Rivers' career to put them in in competition. That's a blueprint. Yeah. If if you're Absolutely. a Packers fan, if you if you want if you want the Packers, I don't know, be back in the playoffs and have a chance. Yeah. Absolutely. What the Chargers have done has to be something that you're looking at. I think mine is. Like the one off the top of my head is Latavius Murray. Yeah, just a he's so useful. Yeah, he's, yeah, no, he's he's nice. He's a he's a real he's a prototype for the Packers as well. In that, if you're I don't know, say Jamal Williams. Yeah, you might want to look at Latavius Murray as Carve a guy. Carve out a little role. Yeah, yeah. who uh, who you can structure your career around. I was thinking about the Browns too. In that, mm-hmm. I came across an old podcast that I did with my wife for a podcast class. Yeah. And we were talking about Terrell Owens. Sure. And I was thinking about him today because there was a, uh, I was thinking about the Browns and Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield unleashed a, a good, pretty good Twitter tirade at Colin Coward. Who yeah. Absolutely sucks. He's, he's literally the worst. If you, <laughs> oh, he is so bad and completely knows nothing about yeah. anything. Putting up like a, and I, it's cause Coward did like a best, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. moments yeah. thing, kind of in a past tense, yeah. as in like, and I guess Baker Mayfield, who you gotta like the chip on his shoulder. Love it. Yep. Yeah. Like, uh, like the way he's sticking up for Odell Beckham Jr., who if like if Baker Mayfield's gonna be good next year, Beckham has a lot to do with has it. Has a lot more, yeah. And also Beckham probably has a lot more big moments to come with Baker so. Mayfield in the backfield versus Eli Manning. Well, what the whole thing reminded me of is that. Beckham is 26. Yeah. He's not old. Feels it feels like he's been around for a very long time yeah. at this point because he's just been so good since for so long. The day he stepped yeah. into an NFL field. But he is he is right now like the he is he seems to have the attention of guys who suck like Colin Coward. Yeah. Who who are just the the guy that people are currently rooting to fail. Yes. Yes. And the fact that he got shipped to the Browns like Helps create the narrative because the Browns are are a place where careers go to go yeah. to fizzle out and it's, become it's where, irrelevant. Browns are where failure grows on a petri dish. Yep. Um, yeah, that's an interesting combo though. In, in Odell Beckham Jr., who is who will command attention wherever he goes, mm-hmm. and Baker Mayfield, who is clearly upset. Yeah, about being about everything. Not so much being on the Browns. I don't want to say he's upset about being no. on the Browns, but he's upset about how the Browns are viewed. Yeah, yeah, he's upset that he was the number one pick because he thinks he should have gone before the number one. Uh huh. And it's interesting because finally having someone who's finally upset about how the Browns are viewed, who might yeah. think that's unfair. Yeah, like that's the only attitude that's ever going to get you out of where the Browns are right the Browns now. Are in a little dug a hole. Just a little little hole that they've never been able to crawl out of. And they finally have the pieces. They've had the pieces for a few years now, but they can finally do something with it. 
And I, it's in a big part, it's due to a lot of former Packers in that front office who've, who've put all the right pieces in place. I think the most important piece right now is the absence of Mike McCarthy. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. If they had Mike McCarthy, we would have other questions <laughs> and serious concerns. Mike McCarthy, to further the gossip episode, Mike McCarthy is a bad deal over there. Yeah, the that that gossip was fun. We covered it. It was a lot of fun, though. Mm-hmm. The, the, the stories that did come out are just the sort of low-key gossipy stories you'd expect from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yep. The Milwaukee Bucks are really good right now. Milwaukee Bucks are really, really, really good. I'm so happy about what happened I'm there. I'm so happy as well. It's We've come a long way. The we Bucks have come a long certainly way. Certainly have. I, I became a Bucks fan uh, the year before uh, the worst season in franchise history when they won 15 games. I watched almost every game that year. I slogged through it. I was the biggest Brandon Knight fan. The worst day of my life occurred when the Bucks traded Brandon Knight. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was a sad, sad boy. And now, Mike, that's an interesting player to be a big fan of. I was a huge fan of Brandon Knight. I love Brandon Knight. And now we're here. This was so smart of the Bucks just low key retooling. I mean, they they did exactly what they needed to do in that. While the national press was still like farting around, like does Giannis intend to come home really a big star that can lead a team? They just acted as if he was. Yeah, and put pieces around him that compliment him. Yep. And and so instead of like looking for, you know, their number two guy or something, yeah, they assumed that Chris Middleton is was the their two. number two guy, yeah. And then they went and got guys who, although originally might have been thought as like star pieces, mm-hmm. have now become more middle of the road pieces. In that Brooke Lopez, yeah, here's a versatile kind of do it all guy who's really big. George Hill. Yeah, George Hill's fantastic. Who is yeah, an absolutely He's fantastic perfect in that role. underrated player. Yeah. Perfect in that role. Eric Bledsoe, who yep. when he was on the Suns and expected to be the the leader of that team, I was I believe he was also on the Clippers for a minute, mm-hmm. was bad. Yeah. Because he didn't belong in either of those roles. Didn't work. Works in this scenario. Yeah. He's he's a borderline all all defense guy. Yeah. And it you know what it comes down to is is there's kind of this fascination with stars in the NBA. Mm-hmm. In, in you need to have three stars, you need to have four stars, you need to have five two superstars and a star. You need to have these stars. But in actuality, you know, if you have one mega star like Giannis Antetokounmpo, you can get by with kind of guys who are on that n- near all-star level. These well, look borderline... at the difference. Yeah, look at the difference between LeBron James's cab units. Yeah. Where he's playing with the ghost of Zadrunas Elgaskis. Yeah. And and um and and uh Danielle Marshall. Yep. And guys who are bad. Yeah, on the first Cavs run. Yeah, versus even the second Cavs run with J.R. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And I'll never Tristan believe Thompson. I will never believe in Kyrie Irving. No, I'm, I I hundred percent agree. I a hundred percent agree. Kyrie Irving does not make a team better. Nope. You can you will never Kyrie Irving will never be the number one option on a championship team. Number two option, yeah, as long as he's able to play off ball and not be the distributor. Because the second he's the main ball handler on your team, and you saw it all year with the Celtics, that team stops. There's no off ball movement. Everybody goes, all right, Kyrie's getting his shot. I also have him slated in as, like, if he wants it, he could end up in a Jamal Crawford type of role. Because he's got the shoot-off-the-dribble ability. Yeah. I just don't think he has any sort of real leadership 
or nope. or passing or ability drive to win or defense yeah. ability. Like, yeah. yeah, he doesn't really have any of that. But he's a guy who I could see having a, a, a second half of the career renaissance. Yeah, if he if he ever gets used properly. Uh, but yeah, what the compare it to? You know, Brooke Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, who is low key excellent. Yeah. Oh, he's incredible. Fifty forty ninety guy. Arisan Ilyasova. Who? What the fuck happened to him from the last time he was in Milwaukee? He grew up. He his first ten year in Milwaukee was like an eighteen year old kid. Yeah, and until he was, he was like twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, now he's back and he's pretty darn good. Yep. I mean Nikola Mirotic, who like the Bucks thought he was going to be a star. No, no, certainly he's not. But he's just hitting the right shot. He just fits the role perfectly. It reminds me so much of the 2010-2011 Mavericks. That mm-hmm. first year that LeBron went to the finals with the Heat and the Mavericks upset them behind Dirk Nowitzki, who's, you know, their superstar. But it was still a nice team of Jason Terry comes off the bench, Kron Butler's there, Sean Marion's there, Tyson Chandler's an all-defensive guy, J.J. Barea off the bench, Peja Stoyakovich, Corey Brewer, Jason Kidd. They had all of these near star mm-hmm. guys an incredible bench with near star guys in the starting lineup around one superstar and every single player fit that superstar's style and that's exactly what we're seeing here with the bucks yep and it's a nice it's a nice thing because you've got a it's a good moment in sports in wisconsin mm-hmm. yeah and that the brewers are contending again this year yeah they're they're as inconsistent as their pitching staff sure and they will be throughout the season but if if you want if you want the Packers to be consistently good or contend this year, look at how a team like the Bucks has handled themselves in mm-hmm. in trying to find people and using them to their strengths. Yeah. And really adapting because you went from you you had the coaching carousel going for a little bit and that like Jason Kidd was essentially trying to take over the organization. But like for a minute he was on the same page with the organization and that like Okay, every player on this team is going to know how to play defense, know how to run, and be seven feet tall. Yeah. And then it was just his eventual, like... I'm only signing people yeah. who have signed with my mm-hmm. agency as well. And a bit of, yeah, just a bit of, Ugh. you know, the rumors of personal troubles and yeah. also a, a big power struggle in that he felt like he should be running every aspect of the team. Yeah. And the team was like, are you kidding? You're Jason Kidd. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to do that. You don't even seem to know how to wear a tie. <laughs> point yeah like i would love it if coaches went back to like the aba coaching fashion you got like kurt rambis wearing overalls we need it but i've one thing i just i don't like the sport coat like the black coat with the white shirt no no tie unbuttoned god bad look because this is not las vegas bad look jason kidd jason kidd looks like he sucks. <laughs> Jason Kidd looks like a bad dude. Um, did you hear, you know, he, he's out in Los Angeles now. Lakers wanted to use Jason, intend on using Jason Kidd to try and lure Giannis out to L.A. in 2021. Huh. Yeah, like Giannis. Uh, Don't think that's going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, oh, Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, it seems to be just really seems, clashing with yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah, Giannis seems to really have s- some problems with Budenholzer. I wanted Dwayne Casey yeah, in the offseason. Uh, yeah. To take over this Bucks team, uh, it's funny that Casey's former team right now is mm-hmm. the Bucks are up two one on the Raptors at the moment. Yeah, my Raptors, another team that I think 
I'll take Giannis over Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Any day yeah. of the week, which yep. is like that's there's there's only a few players where I take yeah. take a guy over Kawhi Leonard and Giannis is one of them. Yeah, I don't know if there's five that I take over Kawhi Leonard. But that's another team that has a bunch of guys who are just low key, very, very good yeah. and well picked yeah. to fit into that style. Yeah, absolutely. And they've done a good job kind of retooling on the fly, getting rid of DeMar DeRose and bringing in Kawhi Leonard and giving them, opening up their window at least one more year because Kawhi might be gone after the season. Who knows? But, you know, if you can get yourself one more year to contend, something. Yep. Kawhi Leonard's inscrutable. He's unbelievable. He's it's hard to know in, what his deal is. He's a robot man who plays basketball, and I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love it. He doesn't. He he. Hit, the first time I've ever seen him have any emotions when he hit that game-winning shot in Game Seven. Yeah, and that was insane. But beyond that, it's always just a complete stone face. There was they, somebody asked him a question the other day, and they were like, "Where do you go from here, Kawhi?" And he was like. Toronto, <laughs> yeah, like, like, back to Toronto. The airport, the airport, <laughs> just completely like surface level, stone faced. Have you seen his New Balance collection? Yeah, I have. Love it, love it. The perfect, perfect situation for Kawhi is ma- is yeah. doing shoes with New Balance. That's been a fun series. The playoffs are good. Someone's gonna face the Warriors. Yeah, and honestly, whether it's the Raptors or the Bucks, I'd prefer if it were the Bucks. I think the Bucks will win, but I I like either of those matchups against yeah. the the Golden State Warriors. NBA is fun right now. It's the off season, so not a whole lot is going on. Uh, I've been I've been throwing out icebreaker questions, and I've realized that they they're all just like an attempt for me to you know ask you a question about something I know a lot about that you don't know sure. anything about, which is which is fun and it's it the deeply arrogant indulgent of me hosting indulgence of me hosting this show. Sure. But, uh, do you have one, do you know how to cook? Like, do you have a favorite no, thing that you know how to make? I don't know. I don't have all. anything. I, I'm very bad at cooking. Okay. I can make some fried rice. I can make some, some, some fried rice. See, there's a start. That's it though. See, this is, this is what like, do you cook. What's your favorite thing? I, to cook? I cook a million things, I but know. like the, the whole, the thing is like, I'm going to put this out on the podcast. If you're listening out there, like I would really like to start, learning how to cook or like i would like a shortcut to cooking get a rice cooker okay do you have a rice cooker no okay there you go that's what do you, you do can buy them from walmart i mean i think i have the one i spent 20 bucks on at walmart back in like 2008 okay i still have that one good it's essentially a big pot that fits inside of a an electric heating element mm-hmm. and you know they're the basic idea of a rice cooker is simple in that you add rice and water to it. And the heating element also has like a, a temperature sensor okay. where, you know, when water is boiling, the, it, the temperature holds at a steady 212 degrees. Okay. Like that is the boiling point of water. Water yeah. does not get hotter than that. That's when there's steam. So it just senses that when the temperature of the rice cooker starts rising, that means the water is gone. Mm-hmm. And then it turns itself off. Okay. So it's essentially like a, a set it and forget it kind of device, except you don't have to just put rice and water into this. What else do you put in it? Like, I'm, I'm a big fan right now of like buy sausages, whether it's chorizo or like smoked Polish sausage, 
chop it up into bits, mm. add a can of Rotel or other shot like diced tomatoes yeah. to it, a little chili powder, a little salt, a little pepper, dash of olive oil, and then add rice and water to that. Yeah. And when it's done, you stir it up and you've got like Ooh. sausage rice. That sounds pretty good. For an entire day. I mean, I've. That sounds pretty good. I eat like a college student when, when I'm not like, you know, preparing meals. Sure. And that, that sounds like the ultimate college student yeah. meal. I'm a, I'm a big believer in like like rice cooker stuff because it's so easy to do and yeah that, that's that was that was breakfast and lunch today and that it just got made this morning and it's how probably, long did it take to make um chop sausages add rice add tomatoes add things mm-hmm. and then it simmered for like 30 30 minutes and it's done easy yep easy that's cool yeah that's that's kind of my like cheeseheads in Chicagoland advice out there is like learn, learn how to cook. All right, like not so much like, you know, don't don't spend, do not, yeah, honestly, do not spend two decades in food service. Sure, to okay. do it, please do not. Okay, all right, yeah, okay, <laughs> but but have have at your disposal a meal that you can serve, not only to yourself but to others, if you need to. Okay. Yep, that's that's good. Should we start doing like an advice segment? That that's my that's my life advice. All right, is you know, learn learn basic stuff about cooking because then, like at, at the in every person's life comes a point, sure, where you invite someone that you like over to your house mm-hmm. with the idea of serving them dinner. Yeah, and that's an important moment. Yeah, <laughs> in that there has to be. There's a certain matter of like, you know, maybe previous to that, you and the, you and this person have only been meeting in like public places, yeah, yeah, or or going to each other's houses for non-culinary reasons, yeah. But this is more of a like, all right, we're gonna hang out in the daylight, and culinary, yeah. I'm gonna prove to you that like <laughs> I'm able to have my pants on well enough to be able to serve a meal, yeah. and and that. That at least can happen every yeah. once in a while. Um, I I do have one story about one time that I tried to cook and it failed miserably. Um, I was in I was studying abroad in Italy, um, and we decided to cook a meal for. I decided to cook a meal, and my roommate was going to help us um, cook a meal for our the people that were left in the program. It was one of the last days, so most of the people had gone. It was like four people. And we tried to make like a cream sauce and this pasta and we butchered everything. Mm. We butchered everything. And we, <laughs> our, our door was open and our, we, our old Italian neighbor comes over and he goes, what do you, what do you make it? And we were like, well, we messed everything up. And he goes, move, let me do it. <laughs> yep. And he makes this absolutely incredible pasta and then doesn't taste any of it and leaves. And everyone came over, and we served them the pasta, and never told anyone <laughs> that we did not make it. <laughs> we said we made the best pasta in the world. Yeah, it just Hope works you out like this it. way. Hope you like it. <laughs> um, and I've not made anything impressive since the day that I lied about my cooking skills. See, and I think the thing is, is that that might have been the only thing that guy that guy could make. Seriously, it it could have been. Yeah, no, it totally could have been the only thing he knew how to make, but he knocked it out of the freaking park. Uh huh. Yeah, it's. I was just I was just remembering a, a fun story that a friend of mine told me about, like, you know, the, 
someone someone cooked her a first meal and like yeah. come over to my house for a meal thing yeah. and it was like a total disaster of course you know and that yeah. like that just kind of remind reminded me of of that idea of like have have something have something down because it will it will help you one little thing yep one one thing that you know how to do it's not chicken tenders from target <laughs> what if i were to pass off fast food as my own cooking <laughs> oh seymour you've done it again <laughs> the steam dabs <laughs> is that the northern lights happening in your kitchen <laughs> oh that meme i I like that the Simpsons still has traction mm-hmm. in in modern culture. It's still rocking, especially because modern Simpsons is bad. It's yeah, very you, bad. You say it. It's bad. Yeah, and but like when the Simpsons were good, I'm glad that people still kind of realize that the Simpsons were still good. It's like it's like hearing a band like oh I don't know maybe Coldplay right now. Sure. And I'm not saying that early Coldplay was as good as early Simpsons, but you go back to that first or second Coldplay album, and you're like that's band with interesting interesting ideas sure i like that that's a terrible analogy but the idea of like yeah you go check out the early stuff like you know if you if you only hear the talking heads final album like you have no idea that they made Mm. stop making sense (laughs) so okay but yeah people are able to go back and kind of realize that that show was groundbreaking Mm -hmm. for a long while yeah and And it's been running for like 30 years now right like 30 season Mm -hmm. jeez and Particularly steamed hams. Hams is one of those like classic gags. It's just been going. I I remember the it's steamed a, hams gag for forever. Yeah, it's a perfectly executed classic gag. It's so funny. Just, it's completely self-contained. It needs no explanation. It doesn't. You can uh, watch just yeah. the short YouTube video of the clip, and you get it, and you know. Excuse me. You know everything that's going on there. <laughs> it's all you need. That was it. That's that's my thing about cooking. Use a rice cooker. All right. I've been. The last time I did it, it was a big tube of chorizo, just into oh, the rice. I called it chorizo. Good. That's hey. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> chorizo. I don't have anything else for it. I was trying to think of another gag. OTAs stand for on the airplane. Uh, I'm OTA. Yeah, <laughs> just oh, sorry, stepping I can't OTA. Take your call. <laughs> can't take your call. I'm uh, I'll be OTA from now until <laughs> until May 30th. Wow, it's a long, yep. long flight. This is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Uh, OTAs happened today. We had two bullet points for this podcast, so yeah. I'm glad you listened to the whole thing. If you've made it this far, um, tweet something at us to let us know, and and I'll personally congratulate you yeah. on on my twitter account at mp fleischman um you just put up a podcast that i, I have i it's downloaded but i have not listened to it yet sure. the uh the doug bruno podcast that you did with the uh head coach of the depaul blue demons women's basketball team and you got access to the players as well yeah so i saw i saw that one up and um People, you should check that out. What is the podcast called? What feed is it on? Uh, it's on the Radio Pulse Sports Podcast. So search Radio Pulse Sports Podcast on yep. anywhere that you get your cheese heads. Um, and it will show up. And uh, it's just titled The Doug Bruno Interview. Um, we, me, Tim Stebbins, and Abasta Hadwala uh, sit down and recap the women's basketball season. Then we got the chance to sit down with Doug Bruno. 
and uh, kind of run through his thoughts on the whole season, their expectations before the year, um, adjustments they made during the year. Uh, you know, he talks about uh, his thoughts on labels. He raps uh, Black and Yellow, the Wiz Khalifa song. Um, kind of an all all ranging interview with Doug Bruno. He breaks down some of the biggest plays of the season, like the Shante Stonewall game winner in the Big East Championship game. Um, just all all around a, a very informative uh, interview and a good look into the way that Doug Bruno kind of how what his philosophy is on coaching. I like I like him a lot. He's one of my my coaching heroes, I guess. Sure. And a guy that I'm hoping to actually I've not ever had one-on-one time with him. Mm-hmm. I've I've worked a bit in broadcasting when I was still here with Megan Waldron who was one of his players. Yeah. And so I've got to meet him in the context of like he'd see Megan and I work in games and he'd talk to Megan because yeah. like and then I just get like a hello out of yeah. it as well. So I haven't haven't had any chance to talk to him one on one, but I hope I hope my career takes me back in that direction. I just finished up the softball season, so I want to congratulate the Laporte Slicers who I've been following for the last month and a half on their season they lost in sectional game one to the Penn Kingsmen who um have a sophomore pitcher who I believe is already committed to a D1 NCAA university. Whoa. Uh, she's ridiculous. And uh, they took care of business in that game and are absolutely the favorites in the sectional and regional there. So congrats to the Laporte Slicers for uh, for a good season, and it was a lot of fun doing them on the radio. What's this summer bringing? Because I'm not sure what I'm doing this summer. I don't know. Cool. I got nothing. Not nothing that. but nothing but nothing but podcasted. Nothing, nothing. Well, just a hundred podcasts yeah, a week. Yeah. She says in Chicago Land is now a daily podcast in, in which I do nothing but burp on the microphone yep. for four hours every day. <laughs> yeah, hope you're ready. By August, they spent a ten episode arc complaining about Rick and Morty. <laughs> but I've got I've got plans to. Um, I want to change up the the music and and. You know, get get things get things ready for uh for the next preseason when the preseason starts again and when everything comes back season. around. Yeah, I want to change things change things up for the football season. But stay with us through the summer. We'll we'll try and get guests. I wanted to get a guest today, but like I did not have any freaking time because I was in Fort Wayne all weekend oh destroying God. the brakes on my car, Fun. and then had to be out again yesterday in Mishawaka. So I, I planned zero things for today. But this was fun. Uh, thank you very much for listening to our great podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. We'll be back in somewhere between 10 and 20 days or possibly sooner to bring you another episode of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. And until then, if you are at OTAs or any other organized or disorganized team event, what should you do? You should stay cheesy, baby. Bye. Bye.